Yes, it's sitting. Good day, everybody. This is Murphy and Friends, and you know, I try to bring you the best of the best. Today, we have Dr. David Goldstein, and I've known him since I was a pup. And he was a pup too, a younger pup, but he was a pup. He's going to talk about anxiety today, and I know there's anxiety about people whether they're going to work or not, are they going to have a new stimulus, can they send their kids to school, and he's going to talk about uh, areas that we have this kind of anxiety and how we can allay it or even just work with it without us getting kind of nutsy about it. Uh, As we know, yesterday there were young people uh, in New York City in the village, they were out some didn't, most didn't have masks, and there was no distancing. So he, he's going to talk about it. How do your adult children respond to you when they see you on TV with no mask? So I'm going to have him now. Good morning, Mr. Dr. Goldstein. How are you doing? Murphy um, did so much for so many people. I worked with her when she was a social worker. We both worked in the Bronx. I as a psychologist, and Miss Murphy as a as an excellent social worker who did so much for so many. And it's it's really nice to talk to you again. Thank you. Now, what do you have to say? There's several things going on. Should we be should we be self-contained? Yesterday, it was noticed that you can't even send your children to sleepaway camps. Well, how, what, what are you thinking about? Uh, a lot of people have to have babysitters. When these things go out, they're up the creek without a paddle. Well, you know, people are eminently adaptable, and um, people are making plans for the summer. Uh, they're not going away. They're calling them staycations. So when people take a deep breath and breathing is very good, you know, bypasses all that worry and thinking we do, uh, people are coming up with alternate plans. Some people are saying, you know what, I'll put a pool of, uh, a pool in my backyard, uh, you know, above ground or hit the lotto in ground, um, you know, and the money I, I would have had for the vacation, guess what, we're going to have a nice summer. You know, with a small little pool and we'll stay here. So, you know, people take a deep breath and they figure things out. Well, uh, that's nice to have a pool in your backyard. I'm in a condominium and uh, I don't have anything like that. And what do those parents do? Well, you know, it's case by case. And, you know, I think what, you know, as a psychologist... Uh, you know, you would recommend that people really do some breathing, not rush into anything. If you're in a, if you're in a condo, you say, what do I have? Is there a public space? Um, what am I going to use now? Um, people are just making the best of, of the situation. But they really need to relax and take a deep breath and really say we are all in it together and um, I'll figure out my situation. Well, you know where we worked, and I'm sure people are going to be listening. Uh, Our mayor 
is saying that he's not sure he's going to open up the pools. And when I was a child, that Crotona pool serves properly 25% of the Bronx. If you're not going to open it up, what will these children do? Well, this is this is why resources, reaching out to resources, <coughs> such as the social work departments, the psychological departments, the, the resources that uh, Mayor de Blasio does have, and ask just that question. I think, you know, one of the key things is to realize that you're worrying, accept it, it's okay, not to be down on yourself, but have an alternate plan, and that's just the way it is. But take a deep breath. You might want to get familiar with some breathing exercises that are good for you. You check with your doctor first, make sure you're doing the right one, and um, you make a plan B, so to speak. Okay. Uh, how do I begin to prioritize what plans I want to make? Uh, let's say I'm uh, I'm a person whose kids are grown, I live alone. What do I have to do to make sure that I'm okay? I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said prioritize. So let's say you live alone, you are alone. You prioritize. Is that an area of worry for yourself? It may be. It may not be. If it's an area of worry for yourself, you know, I'm a big fan of writing things down. Pros and cons. What's my number one priority? So the number one priority, as you seem to be saying, is isolation. How do I get bring myself out of the isolation? Even with the social distancing and the masks and the rest of it, there are groups that get together in one way or another. As you know, everything is online now. Everything is on Zoom. Okay. Uh, we have a... Both of us have a colleague, uh, Cindy, and she has this thing about developing a board of uh, where you see you're going. And it's a step-by-step board. Could you explain part of that to us? Yeah, a step-by-step plan? Yeah, yeah, step-by-step plan. Step-by-step plan. It does sound like you're going to prioritize. Again, if, if one of your, your priorities is not to be isolated, to get together, you know, what are the alternatives that you have given, you know, the requirements of social distancing and this pandemic the world is going through. Yes, yes, yes. I know, at, uh, at least I can say for my church, I can't I can't say for other things, that uh, they're always asking for people to volunteer to hand out food. A lot of places are running out of food. Uh, what happens to a young family that's running out of food, the very essence of our lives? Whoa, that's, uh, yeah, well, that's... now you're really uh, digging deep in and really su- su- survival. Mm-hmm. Again, I would see what food pantries exist, where they are, and what to do. That does sound like it would be on the top of, uh, top of the list of priorities. Absolutely. It does sound like that. I, uh, I don't want to see anybody starving or their children or somebody who is... Uh, 
isolated socially and no one knows that this person doesn't have something. So uh, if I want to, let's say I'm a loner, if I wanted to help, I can go to some of those, I assume, pantries to help, which would help a great deal of my social out isolation, wouldn't it? So absolutely. So if you, so now what you've done is you've gone from worry to an actual plan, a task. One of the best ways to cut down on worry and anxiety is to go um, to an actual concrete task. If your concrete task for the day is to find out what resources your neighborhood has, where to go, how to pick up what you need, that's going to uh, cut down on anxiety tremendously. Uh, uh, for the people uh, listening, uh, I can be reached at 914-954-0773, um, and we can talk about uh, your needs. You know, I, I, uh, I treat mild to moderate anxiety disorders, but, you know, we, we talk about things uh, such as that. I'm listening to the media, television media, and they, and it has been said that now the children the parent, it's jumped from the parent to the child of being, uh, having anxiety. I can't go to camp this summer, mommy. I can't do this. I can't do that. How do we deal with little children with anxiety? They say there's no more food. I think that that might be frightening. Well, definitely going to be frightening. And uh, your children are going to pick up on your anxiety level. So maybe the first thing a parent would want to do is get their anxiety under control. And, you know, the, 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 the Internet is, is giving you some great ideas. YouTube has all sorts of videos about how get, getting your, your anxiety under control, see what fits for you. But I think that's the first thing you want to do. You get your anxiety under control, take control of your anxiety, and then the children will not pick up on that that level. And their emotions will not, they won't be so emotional. They'll be more logical. You'll be able to speak to them logically. Once you, you're dealing just with pure emotion, logic goes out the window, so to speak. So you want to get your anxiety as an adult under control, then speak with the children. Uh Basically, I'm talking about little children. Can little can the parent say, "Well, my kids are pretty nervous now." Can the parent and the child, even if the child is five years old, decide some activities they can do, either for the for the day or for the week, depending on how how uh, much anxiety exists? I know a lot of children are quite afraid of this. Well, I think you're mentioning something very worthwhile where, where what activity are we going to do? The parent and the child sit down together. That's going to reduce anxiety um, for your kids. Uh, and you pick something together. And, you know, again, be under control of your own anxiety. And you'll say, well, you know, you're not going to camp, but... Um, this is what's open, and guess what? You know, children love computers. There are tons of things on computer uh, for children these days, and there always are. 
Okay, so we've we've worked with some anxiety. Now, what was on the TV yesterday? You've got a kid that's 18. And you know a lot, you have two children. So I know you know when they're 18, they feel that they're very grown and don't need to take any kind of a, of expertise from their family. And you see them on TV in the village having a great time in, in a space. You could, a small space, you can see maybe 30 to 50 people congregating. How do you talk to that child? Because you, you're scared your child is going to be uh, have COVID. May not, but it may be. What do you say to that parent about that 18 years older? Well, I guess what you're going to have to do is, as you just mentioned, take in, in, into consideration the developmental age. Does the child have higher reasoning skills? Um, you know, if so... What do you mean by higher reasoning skills? Excuse me? What do you mean by higher reasoning skills? Well, you know, they'd be able to think just beyond themselves. You know, little children are me, 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 me. As... as the uh, children get older, they can think of not just themselves, but of other people. So, you know, you take that into consideration. And the only thing you really can do is present the facts as they are. And you'll know case by case, your own child, uh, know how they're going to react. Is there someone who flies off the handle? Is there someone who handles reasoning? Have those those facts also at, at hand before you even start speaking. So uh, I see my kid on TV. What would you? I'm trying my best not to jump down my kid's throat. What should I say? Well, I think you did something very good when you said to yourself, "I am not going to jump down um, my kid's throat." Again, you do some breathing for yourself, you get your anxiety under control, and know beforehand what you're going to say. If you know what the facts are of um, uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, you know what the facts are, you're going to be able to present that. And then you're going to see uh, what happens after that. If someone's 18, 19, older, you know, there's just so much limitation at that point. But within that context, present the facts. Okay, they're living in your house, though. They're not out on their own. Right, so maybe one of the facts you want to present is when you go out there and you come back home, you're bringing whatever contacts you made back in here. Now, depending on their maturity levels, you know, some someone might say, wow, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's going to affect what they do on the outside. They might not let you know it, but you say it once. There's a phrase, say it once and get off the stage. You know, don't beat them over the head. If you say that once, they'll hear it. They may, might not want to let you know that they hear it, but that'll go, go in to the head and, and stay there. And they'll go out there and, and not be as likely to engage in dangerous activity where they might bring it home. They have an older parent. Another fact is, you know, if you have a compromised um, uh, immune system in the first place, let them know about that. Yes, yes. I mean, 
grandpa and grandma might be in that same that three-tier arrangement and they're very susceptible to any kind of virus or bacteria that comes in this home and that's, that's true right. uh what i was understanding especially for uh people who live in apartments apartment buildings grandparents may be in the next apartment and the parents and and the children are in the same apartment it can be very dangerous for those uh children so that's exactly what you would say and there you are you're presenting facts Mm-hmm. You're talking about the infirm, you're talking about, um, you know, a lot of the deaths are occurring, you know, people in their 80s, the late 70s, you know, compromised immune systems, you know, you can mention all that to them and say, be careful. Don't, uh, you know, Absolutely. don't bring anything in here, you can be sharing it with, with, with Grandpa there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Absolutely. In this very, very, very changing world that we're in in the United States at this moment, young people want to see certain statues and all coming down. And they've done a fairly good job of it, uh, of not talking about whether you agree or disagree. I'm a parent. Where are you going to today? David, I'm going out, I'm going out to, to the demonstrations. What coils my anxiety that my child might be hurt? You're talking about what limits, what's going to make your anxiety less? Yes. Yes. Well, I think it's, I think it's the same, the same situation that, that, are you, are you there? In front of you. You're not coming through, David. Yeah. You want to, uh, I know you said you didn't have that much time on your uh, cell phone, but we can limit it because you're not coming through at all. And, uh, can you hear me? Can now you I hear you. Hear me now? now I hear you, yes. Uh, let, me, let me speak in, into here. Um, I think the same thing that you're going to do is whatever facts are at hand, try to have a logical, reasonable conversation, one that appeals to intellect and not emotion. I like that. But you know your kid is going to go off there and there's a whole crowd and there's, you know, they got their posters, someone's got a rock or something. And uh, it's, it's, we're talking about it very logically, you and I. Uh, well, there's just so much. There's just so much you can do. You know, you're talking. You're talking about what every parent has to go through when the kids are older. There's just so much you can do. So we're saying, please correct me, that this is the natural development of a young person separating for, from their parents' uh, rules. Is that what uh, I mean? Yes. So that's, that developmentally speaking, you know, you're talking about 18, 19, late adolescence. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to 
and you know, actually check what goes on during adolescence, what the separation process is, you're going to be forearmed and less likely to have an, an emotional conversation. You know, more, you know, you have logic on your side. Uh, just before we go, could you talk about that developmental process? Well, you, you know, you just raised it, you know, um, what are legally, what, you know, what are the rights of the kids as they age? Now you're talking about late adolescence and the internet is a great, uh, a boom for people who want information. You know, you look up something like the Harvard newsletter or, uh, you know, I'll mention again, if someone wants to, uh, call me and, uh, you know, talk about some of this, we can do that also. That's, that's, that's excellent. That really is because I think, uh, parents have to know this is the normal separating part of child to parent from 12 or 13 years old to, uh, their very early 20s, 21, 22, this is, uh, that is an adolescent period. And we don't think of being in the 20s that it's adolescent. And uh, I know I have had, after four kids, and most of the people who are listening to them, uh, to listening to, to us now, children will say, I'm grown. I can do this if I want to do this. And you have an idea that they could be hurt some way. So I think if you can talk about the developmental pieces, it may help parents and that this is normal for children to break away from their parents. Right, right. So know what's normal. Educate yourself. Go online. And you put in a search word. Adolescence, late adolescence. You look at the behaviors. Is the behavior your child showing one typical of late adolescence? Is it earlier? You know, educate yourself about the, um, you know, I do that all the time. Educate myself ab about, you know, what developmental period is the child, so to speak, in. So I'm glad that you said that you do it all the time, because I think that, people like ourselves who are in in the educational part is that we think that people uh, the, the audience thinks that something's wrong with them rather than this is a natural part of expressing oneself uh, when they get a little older and start to have these wings that's a, a natural process when I was a child I used to hear and not until I began to work in the social work field that I understand uh, older people would say the child is smelling themselves. What does that mean? Well, so, you know, they're flexing their muscles. They're, uh, you know, you can do things now when you're older you couldn't do. When you, you were a child, the parent uh, has less cards to play. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, but we didn't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is, is very correct. And I, I'm excited having you on. Please uh, repeat uh, how someone can get in contact with you, uh, 
there are medical journals out there, like you said, Harvard Medical Journal. I know I get it sometimes. Uh, well, right, right. So, so, um, right. Uh, and, you know, when you educate yourself, as we all do, as we all do, constantly uh, update ourselves with facts. Um, you know, I accept insurance and deal with anxiety disorders, mild to moderate, not severe. Uh, oh, what are you Excuse me. Well, you say and moderate to mild, mild to moderate. What does that mean? I have a child, let's say. Uh, what? How do I know I should reach to you? Well, if it's mild to, you know, mild, moderate is basically the, covering the gamut of everyday problems. So uh, the things that we're talking about now are really, you know, would fall under the category of, of you know, mild, moderate problems that every parent goes through. That's important, that every parent goes through. That is so important. I know some people, I can't even imagine they went through anything. They're so, they're so spirited, uh, down to earth in that uh, I think that they never experienced life and part of life is breaking away. That's that, you know, was said perfectly and um, when we realize that this is just something that uh, me and my family are going through is something that every family goes through that, uh, that quiets anxiety that we might have. Okay, so the anxiety you're talking to the community about is that everyday problems. This is my room. I don't have to keep it clean. Those kinds of things. Things of that nature, correct. Yes. How do we handle it? And I certainly agree uh, that, especially if a youngster is getting ready for college, that that's a clear breakaway. I did experience it with my with my children that they want to be free. Right. And to right. make every family goes through that, absolutely. Uh there's a show on TV. I, I know you don't have that much time on your cell. That's uh it's called Smothers. Mothers with an S in front of it. And it's a new show. And I said you I'm yeah, regular it's TV. On cable, no, no, no. It's on TLC. A lot of people know that, right? Oh, and I'm right. saying to yelling at the TV, you're not permitting her or him to be a person. And I know right. it hurts. But that anxiety, I think you have to deal with the parent as well as the child. I think. Why does this parent have to hold? these reins so tight in the 20 some odd years you've had this child so now so now you're really talking about uh, a family system and that's something that i cover um with clients uh when i talk to the community uh there's things that are passed down from generation to generation so the more you know about your parents and their parents and their parents, the farther back you go, the more you will know about what was handed down to you from prior generations. That's excellent. 
That's excellent. That it could be, uh, as you say, a family system. And family system. And that's, and that's something that, you know, takes anxiety off people's shoulders also, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm the recipient of anxiety from way back when. And it's not just me, me, me. Okay. Okay. Right. I, I'm a recipient of anxiety that may have been uh, produced from my parents' lives. That it has absolutely been passed down from generation to generation. Well, thank you. I've never thought of it like that. And I and I hope everybody who's listening uh, heeds what Dr. Goldstein is saying. It's for, it's for all of us. Dr. Goldstein, please give out your number again. 914-954-0773. And I do take insurance. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was such a, an awakening with all the anxiety that we have out today. Thank you. It's my, it's my pleasure and always a pleasure speaking with you, Teresa. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay. That's good.